said Johnny B. Corn. <laughs> I wish you would have. My name is John Barleycorn. Oh, and I am Fred. See, <laughs> you threw me off. This whole thing, leave it. I don't want you to change a thing. I'm loving this. Yeah, people love it when we waste their time. Um, and <laughs> today we have with us Carl. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Uh, and we I don't will, know if I need more I don't know if I need more coffee or less coffee it's hard to say right now we, we will uh we will be discussing the topic AA members don't need to adhere to your idea of morality so uh welcome to the show Carl um we didn't really discuss what we're doing this season with you but probably get a good idea from the topic right it's a, it's a little different than last season, obviously. Um, and kind of our goal this time around is to um, have some conversations about the stuff that uh, seems to be pervasive within solution circles, within circles of big book people in AA. Because it's not all about making fun of the meeting maker stuff, you know, because big book people, we do plenty of goofy shit as well, right? So... Um, a lot of the, uh, <laughs> what was the <laughs> myths, malfeasance, and misunderstandings or what, oh, yeah. is that what it was? The three M's. <laughs> a lot of the three M's, um, you know, that old saying in AA, um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of that stuff that just like is so pervasive throughout even big book circles, um, you know, kind of, it could, it could use a little, you know, getting reined in. So, um, mm -hmm. we've been having conversations with people for this season about that kind of stuff. And I think that this one, uh, to me at least, is a really big one that you tend to see in a lot of, uh, you know, big book people circles. Um, and it's kind of confusing to me. Um, so yeah, I, I thought for some reason I, you were like the first person who I thought of to do this one with. I'm not entirely sure why it could be, um, I was going to make a joke about the dogs. <laughs> you're like muted because your dogs are losing their mind. Is that what's going on? Or are you muted by yeah. accident? <laughs> okay. No, I was, I was muted intentionally. I apologize. Yeah, my name's Carl. I'm an alcoholic. Um, yeah, I have dogs and one was whining. So now she's up here and usually she's quiet up here. But anyway, um, yeah. So you said, right. You said, uh, you were the, I was the first person that came to with this topic. <laughs> like, uh, thanks, I think. I'm, I'm, I really don't know why. I was just like, because we've been wanting to have you on. And then I was like, uh, I think I had a list of topics and a list of guests. And I was like, him, let's do that. Yeah. So I'm glad you said yeah, yes. So, yeah, for sure. No, thank you. It's great to be on. And My um, second choice fucking sucked. 
Who was that? <laughs> I didn't have one. Okay. So, uh, I mean, you know, when you talk, when you brought up the topic, I mean, of course, first thing that comes to mind, oh, step four, you know, made a searching for his moral inventory. Um, but, and so I thought about that a lot, but it's like the key or not the keyword, a keyword in there is of ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I just because I wanted to know for sure, I looked up the definition of morality on merriamwebster.com and it says a doctrine or system of moral conduct. Okay, well, who, like, certainly AA is not in the business of setting a doctrine or system of moral conduct. There right. are all, some people in AA think that they are, right. but, you know, it's not like going to a church where they have like a creed and everybody's supposed to follow that creed or mm-hmm. something like that. It's not like that. So, what I thought a lot about it a lot more and what I, what kept popping up in my head was um, tradition five with mm-hmm. a primary purpose, right? So each group has, but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers like period. Right. That's our purpose. Right. It's not to impose some sort of, um, well, doctrine or system of moral conduct mm-hmm. that can come about. And obviously in our society, we have all agreed that certain things are against moral conduct or uh, against proper moral conduct, murder, rape, you know, child abuse, things like that. Right. But again, that's coming from society. That's not coming from AA. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, then, uh, on page 17, just that sentence, you know, we are people who would normally not mix, yep. of course, which, which is, which is great. But then because we're people who would normally not mix, you have a huge variety of political affiliations, social affiliations, races, creeds, genders, sexual orientation. I mean, like all over the map, right? Mm -hmm. So getting, getting all it's hard and even society can't get on the same page. Sure. Certainly, AA's members are not going to all be able to get on the same page, except we should all be on the same page with our primary purpose. Right. Right. So, um, and then, so the, the, there's two um, paragraphs I really liked on page 95, which is uh, in, in, you know, working with others. And so about um, half, uh, about halfway down the first paragraph, says you will be most successful with alcoholics if you do not exhibit any passion for crusade or reform. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked with you. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. And so that's um, in talking to other people in the program, I try to remember that because like I, and I told you this, John, in a, in a text earlier this week, there's people that I disagree vehemently with certain topics outside of AA. Mm -hmm. Right. But yet those people have helped me so much Mm -hmm. stay sober and work the steps, Mm -hmm. you know, so it, it shouldn't be like, Oh, I don't, I disagree with this person on this subject. So I'm never going to, let's talk to them or listen to them about anything related to sobriety. I'd be doing myself a disservice. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'd be sober today without a couple of those people. Right. You know? So, um, then the, the last, um, thing that I wanted to throw out, there was the last paragraph on the same page. Um, 
if he, meaning your, you know, potential um, sponsee, thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and you, that you would like, in any case, to be friendly. Let it go at that. And so that, to me, just sums up not just with sponsees, but for me, anyway, talk, when I'm talking to anybody, whether they are newcomer or not, is to focus on the primary purpose and what's important in this, which is us getting a relationship with a higher power or God so that we can right. all stay sober. <coughs> and um, so then related to that, of course, as part of that is like my, no one needs to adhere to my own idea of morality, which, by the way, has changed quite a bit as I've been working the steps, right. Right. which is the point of this, too. So, And I certainly don't need to agree with anybody else. And, and it talks about in the, in the book over and over again how, you know, <laughs> alcoholics don't like to be told what to do. Most people in general don't like, like to be told what to do. So if we right. came to the people and said, hey, you need to do these things other than what's in the steps, right? Mm -hmm. You need to go to all these other things. Um, people be like, you know, screw you. I'm out of here. Totally. Right. So, right. God, so much. <laughs> I love it when, when somebody comes prepared. <laughs> That's awesome. So much That's good so shit, good. man. Uh, so both of those pages, those are places I would not have gone with that too. That's awesome. Um, and I love that you bring up the primary purpose thing because, our primary purpose is not to do exactly what's described from 60 to 63 of this like self will run riot, trying to shape the people around us to our opinion of how they should act. That's not our primary purpose. Our primary purpose is to tell people how we recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body and how we did that is the directions in the book, right? That's our primary purpose. That's that should be each group's primary purpose. It's certainly each individual's primary purpose as a recovered alcoholic. And the thing uh, further back in working with others, I love how it goes. It goes out of its way to say that there's within the principles, within the confines of the actual directions. There, there's nothing that this person should find contradictory to their spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that goes both ways with like you're you come to the steps atheist agnostic or you come to the steps Roman Catholic, you know, Hasidic, whatever, right. Muslim, as they say in the book, um, whatever <laughs> religious <laughs> beliefs you have, um, there's nothing in here that's going to contradict that. And right. one thing that I feel gets left out, I think, with uh, a lot of people it, nowadays, because there's kind of like a postmodern push to where every single meeting, somebody needs to be like, can we talk about how we all hate God, and we all hated God when we got here, and everyone hates God, and it's just like, bro, tons of people do not come to AA hating God. Um, and I even hear people say like, oh, you know, even in the book, it says that like most of the people who were founders, you know, hated the idea of God. And I'm just like, well, it actually says about half, <laughs> you know, it's like, it says about half were atheists or agnostic, which doesn't mean most of them hated God. It just means mm -hmm. that most of them didn't think that this would work for them. Right. So a big thing for us to be doing, I feel 
in qualifying somebody and in talking about the solution with somebody is staying true to the purpose of those that portion of the directions by not giving them anything that contradicts with their personal current belief system. So it's like like in terms of religion or whatever. Like your current belief system that you can run your life successfully is probably fucked if you're good in step one, right? But your current belief system, i.e., you know, regarding religion, whatever spiritual beliefs you have, whatever fucking doorknob that you're going to be praying to, whatever it is, right? Like, as a sponsor, I don't have any business coming to you and saying like, well, hey, Jesus doesn't seem to be working too well for you, does he? You know, <laughs> the book tells me a few times not to do that, to not contradict this guy's uh, personal beliefs, right? Because mm -hmm. there's nothing in the work that goes against those beliefs. And what it's going to do instead is it's going to bolster those beliefs by showing you how to get connected to more access to that power instead of just mm -hmm. having the belief. And later on in the steps, we're going to, you know, grow that relationship and stuff. Um, and like you also said, it might, it might change your, your conception might change. But if, if I'm in a group where the whole vibe is that we're leading with this energy of like, uh, fixing people's uh, morals and changing their behavior and all that kind of shit. I'm not adhering to this primary purpose. I'm not in pursuit of that. What I'm in pursuit of is shaping someone's identity to match what I think sober people should act like. Right. Yep. Yeah. And And you want to talk about why it's so confusing in AA right now, right? I mean, I go to a meeting... And it's almost like a sermon of like how I'm supposed to live. Right. Um, you know, and I'm like the guy who's like, you tell me the topic for today. And I'm just like, okay, well, let's, let's get the most obvious reading that I can, which is uh, on page 62, you know, where it says, um, uh, there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. So, so if my own moral convictions were not enough to keep me sober uh, in active alcoholism, then that's right there. It's saying it's not that's not the solution to this problem, right? right. And uh, and I, I love what you were just saying, John, because like um, it's not that the moral convictions I had were wrong or bad, right. right? They may have been very virtuous and and good, but on the footing that I had on the the shaky ground that I was living on, there was no way for me to prop them up. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so I needed to align myself. I needed to clear away the, the stuff that was blocking. Like there may have been a power in my life. I may have even seen the power, but I wasn't connected to it, mm -hmm. at least not in a way that allowed me to actually carry these things out into the world. I never got up in the morning and thought I'm super excited to go. I shouldn't say never. Maybe there was time, but I often didn't want to go lie to people. I didn't want to go steal from people. I didn't want to go treat people like shit, but I was being driven by something, you know, that I didn't have control over. Right. Um, once I can, once I aligned myself now it was possible, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it just goes back to the same. It's so funny. Like, Every time that we've had these conversations, uh, Carl, I know you're new to John. Uh, John and I have done this a few times this season, but like it just comes back to the same thing. It's like um, it's it, it's the it's the process of the steps that works. 
It's not me trying to get the end result, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I don't try to become moral. I try to follow the directions directly out of the book. The morality just seems to happen. Mm -hmm. But I also lose a lot of opinions about what that might look like for other people. Right. You know, like I just kind of like, I just kind of fall into this place of like, oh yeah, this is what I believe in. And that's what that person believes in. And that's doesn't really matter. Like uh, it's, it's really not none of my business. Right. It's not to say right. that it's not confusing as shit <laughs> to hear some people say certain things, but the uh, I think the direct correlation for me with what you're talking about there is like I and this comes up so often because most of the meetings that I do are you know I take a meeting into treatment centers or you know whatever stuff like that and so I I am directly working with a with a lot of new people right so mm -hmm. in that capacity or with sponsorship i always almost inevitably end up getting asked some question regarding like you know what did you do to you know not want right. a drink or you know whatever um and what you're you know to tie in with what you're saying right there is like i got to this point in less than a month where um, I realized that this thing I hadn't even asked to be removed was removed from me. That like, mm -hmm. the desire to drink, the need to change the way that my brain felt uh, was gone. That was removed from me. And that was a thing that haunted me every hour of every day for years, right? And so that was removed and I could read those 10 set promises and see like where it says with no effort on our part, like I never once sat there and, and, you know, prayed like, God, please remove the desire to drink for me. I didn't do that. Now I don't think it's, you, I don't think you're fucking up if you do that, you know, that's not like my judgment to make, but my experience is that I just did what the book suggests. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was so busy in that work in that daily blueprint and in, and in carrying that to other people, that I just realized exactly what it says in the 10 set promises that it was just removed and there's no thought or effort on my part. I didn't think about it. It just happened. And every other issue in my life, it's been the same thing when I'm sitting there sweating it and I'm like taking helpful, well-meaning advice from people and like trying to manufacture something to happen. It just is stagnant or gets mm -hmm. worse. And every time that I, concern myself with the work that I know from the directions, something else steps in and removes that problem. And it happens every time, right? So in terms of morality, like my business is to act how I feel guided, right? Mm -hmm. And so in that endeavor, what I do is I move toward whoever's next and I help them get access to that. And then I'm taken care of. So my morality is really, I seek God's will. That's really my morality, you know? And when I feel guided, I move in that direction. And in hindsight, I can see, is this was this guidance or was this me you know, being <laughs> horny or whatever it right. is? You know? But I love that you said that because it's like, that's the other part that it's like, uh, I... I, I 
he said like uh every meeting it's like has to be pointed out that everyone hated god i feel like every meeting it, it like it has to be pointed out that you know, like one of these ridiculous things that we're talking about, right? I mean, because like the one that comes to mind, like on the morality thing is like, it's like a, around like dating, how soon yeah. you should be dating. A lot of it is about sex. Um, a lot of it is about like, um, I, I find it around like money and um, yeah. and jobs a lot, right? Um, but actually in the 11th step, it tells me that there are going to be times where I'm going to do the opposite of what I, of what, Right. I should have done. I'm going to do it in the name of God, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it with the idea that I'm doing it for God and I'm going to screw it up, but it's okay because as long as the next day I'm doing the exact same process, I will be able to see it. I will be able to rectify it if I've made a, if I've made an error and and I'll grow from it. You know, I'll grow um towards God from it. Like this is a process and I talked to sponsees about this like the steps to me are not a uh, take my boat and turn it 180 degrees in the other direction. The steps for me are a process of turning my boat one degree and then letting it ride for a long period of time. Right. And then and over a long period of time, I find myself in a completely different place. Right. Yeah. I, I love that you brought up about um, moral and philosophical convictions in the book. Cause I remember, I mean, I would, I would read self-help books and philosophy books and even the Bible while I was drunk mm-hmm. or stoned. And like, I, I, I knew the way I was living was not right. And I knew, and I didn't want to live that way any longer. Mm-hmm. And, but I, at the time I didn't think it was going to work. So I was searching for these other solutions, which of course none of them worked, which is why I'm here. But it was like, <laughs> so this, and it talks about that in the book that most inside every person is the idea of God, which I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I, I would agree that it's inside most people is that idea. I think that there was certainly that for me. So I was just, I just kept for the longest time, I kept fighting that, fighting it, fighting it. And so when it talks about, you know, we have ceased fighting anyone and anything, I, I make a distinction there that I have ceased fighting as far as like allowing God or to enter my life and to try to work in that direction. But it, but when it comes to outside issues, I haven't ceased fighting at all. And I don't mean moral issues. I'm talking about like certain things that I care about in society that like, that's, that's where like, you know, maybe I'm going off on tangent here, but people are like, well, it's, you know, acceptance is the answer. And I'm like, <laughs> it's uh, for certain things. Yes. Acceptance is the answer. But when it comes to um, like, you know, someone's civil rights being trampled on a whole group of people, mm-hmm. that's not just, Oh, well, nothing we can do about that. Right. But again, that has nothing to do with AA. That is an outside issue. And, 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 but so I think it's important to, um, Getting back to your point, though, of like if I could fix myself, if I could fix my own morals or my own, I would have done that. I tried to do that. I was incapable of doing that. Yeah, but Carl, I think what you're missing is is you just have to, um, you just have to do the next right thing. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't. Well, it, whatever. It's page the next four seventeen. Right thing. You will. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just gonna know what it's it is. It's usually page four seventeen. Yeah. But I mean, right. I read that page. <laughs> but he, but he, Right. But that's the thing. It's like, there's time, like, right. We, people tell newcomers that, which is just a joke. I didn't know what I I thought I was doing the next right thing. Um, But, but even, but now, even after being sober for a while, working the steps, there's still 
many times. I'm like, I don't know what the next right thing is. I definitely what know what is wrong. There's certain things that are clearly wrong, but what the next right thing is, I don't know. It could be one of three things. And then that, and then sometimes I make the wrong decision, but thankfully I've step 10. I could make amends for that. You know? Right. So circular changes, rehabilitation center. Alumni testimonials. I came to Circular Changes after my mom found out I smoked weed once at summer camp. Now I'm addicted to Suboxone. Circular Changes, handing you the key to unlock the you within yourself. I, like so, the term outside issues, right? Because like I had like w- when when Fred was talking earlier, before you even spoke just now, I wrote down outside issues because it's something that came to my mind. Um, it's a very abused term. It's a very mm-hmm. misused term. Like the way that that term is used in tradition ten, right? I think it's ten. Um, the way it's used, it's ta- it's it's talking about you know dragging AA's name into political controversy, into, you know, outside organizations, stuff stuff that, you know, the news of the day, like things that have nothing to do with AA and acting, you know, presenting that as if AA has some opinion on those things, right? So, like, you know, we're AA members. We don't speak for AA. We have a disclaimer on every episode of our show that comes out. Um, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say motherfucker and goddamn it and shit piss. You know, th- those are the things that I'm going to do. And I'm going to, you know, occasionally crack wise about something that legitimately is an outside issue according to the traditions. But I'm not an AA group and I don't represent AA and I feel fine talking about those things. Um, if someone has listened to every episode of our podcast, they've heard me bleep and sponsor or, or bleep and censor myself saying directly names of big outside issue things. Um, And the only reason that I've done that is just because um, I don't think that either Fred or I want to alienate anyone based strictly on their morals or beliefs. Um, And I am personally of the belief that, you know, if your so-called morals or beliefs are impinging on someone else's freedom or happiness that they're not morals or beliefs. It's just, you're being an asshole. It's just a character defect. Um, so I don't feel, you know, bad discussing things like that. Cause I don't think that that's an outside controversy. I think that's about character defect. I think that when we look at the four step inventory and I'm sitting with a dude who's got like Aryan brotherhood tattoos on his wrists and I go into a frank discussion about how, Um, you know, if I hold racist beliefs, that's probably a sign of spiritual disease. That's probably spiritual Mm -hmm. sickness that, um, I need to, you know, pray for a person like that. I need to pray to be tolerant of a person like that. I need to pray to see what I can do to help that person. Um, but I don't need to tolerate that belief system or that behavior. And I think, uh, thinking that that kind of behavior or belief system is disgusting, harmful, you know, bigoted shit is like not at all an outside issue. Um, I think once we get into specifics about specific people, specific systems or groups or whatever, um, definitely in an AA meeting outside issue, you know, but what, (laughs) what really chaps my hide, um, (laughs) when people use the term outside issue is that 
they use it about drugs, and it's like, mm-hmm. the, the fuck it. Both of the founders talk about using drugs in the book. The drugs are all over the fucking book. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the the first actual chapter in the book, Doctor's Opinion, talks. It calls alcoholism an addiction, and it talks about drug addiction. And that the guy helped people recover from drug addiction. So, like, I don't go to AA meetings and introduce myself as an addict because it's like introducing myself as a fucking musician. You know, it's like it doesn't have anything to do with AA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to not talk about drugs at all. That's that's not what outside issue is about. And that's not primary purpose. That's primary purpose means that I'm not going to go into a huge, long description about shooting crack into my neck. Um, because the person who's new next to me might not have that experience and might be super alienated by hearing that and think that that's what an alcoholic does, you know, and that's primary purpose. Like I'm going to talk about alcoholism in AA meeting. If I mention drugs and somebody goes outside issue, Hey, we're going to fucking step outside, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) John, can we, can we start having a segment, uh, like this week's episode of like, uh, John brings you. You know what really chaps my ass? <laughs> I was in the in the middle of my little rant. I was trying to think of some really old timey thing to say, like that really paints my wagon. But I was like, paint my wagon? Isn't that a good thing? I like paints my wagon. I also like that you because you also said um, that I like to crack wise. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like throwing it back for all our 1940s listeners. Yeah. If you right. like to crack wise and horse off, come paint my wagon. You know, that, you know what really boils my ham? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah, I I agree with everything. I have nothing else to say. Carl, did you want to did you want to say something about what what John was just talking about? Uh, no, I just uh, you know what what I'm I'm trying to be. Uh, I'm try- I have a big mouth sometimes, so I'm trying to be careful in editing myself and not uh, not do exactly what it says to not do in the book, right? Um, so, so like, there's just what kills me sometimes, though, is that there'll be people. And what 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 do you say? Paints my way. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a bad thing. No, actually. it sounds good. Uh, yeah. So anyway, where I hear somebody. This happens. Uh, just about every week, sadly, there's somebody in a meeting, they'll say something beautiful about AA, right? And uh, about working the steps and, you know, getting sober. And then we walk outside and like the most vile, awful thing comes out of the same person's uh, mouth. And I'm just like, what, yeah. what, what is it? Like, not that I'm like the decider of those right. things, but, but it's like something that is said that, 99.9% of the population would also agree is disgusting. Right. And like, like, and you're, I don't know. I just don't understand how, how people can in their own mind, justify that. That's it's all. weird. Carl, it's not that, it's not that hard to do if you just don't work 10 and 11, <laughs> True. you know, Agreed. So, I mean, you know, it's really just not. So the other, uh, I just had one other thing that I want, uh, that I thought of when, when you brought up this topic. And, um, I also had two p- parts of the book that kind of came to me. Um, and the other one was in the spiritual appendix because in the spiritual appendix, it tells you exactly what is required to have a spiritual experience, mm. which is the goal of the steps, right. right? Which I've been like on this kind of kick lately with like, 
the goal of the steps isn't even to quit drinking, right? It's a side effect. Right. The goal of the steps is a spiritual experience. And it tells me I mean, that, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, that's just my opinion, man. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> you know what really boils my ham? <laughs> like boils my ham. Uh, like again, is that a boil. bad thing? I feel like now you just think made I me want boiled ham. No, have you ever had a boiled dinner? Oh my god, it's so good! You're bringing me back to my New England roots. God. This week's this week's portion of uh, you food talk with John and Fred. <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but it's actually delicious. Um, okay. So the last sentence of the whole thing, it says, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness uh, are the essentials of recovery. It doesn't mention morality at all. Right. You know, morality is not a, is not a pre, is not an essential, right? It's not a, a key makeup. I believe it is. A side effect. So again, right. this goes back to the same thing that we talk about a lot, which is like, there's nothing wrong with trying to become a quote unquote better person. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful concept. Sure. What, a, what a great ideal to, to, to do. But if you're in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and there are newer people in that meeting and your share, your talk is focused on becoming a better person, that's not going to work. They're going to go, we were in a meeting the other day and the talk was about um, fear, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I just like wanted to be like, hey, this is a great topic, but just be clear. If you have seven days right now, don't think going home and trying to rid yourself of your own fear is, the, is what's going to work. Right. That's not what we're talking The fear is removed for me. The morality that I've found, it's almost like it's been implanted in me, mm-hmm. not of my own doing. What I needed to have, what I needed to focus on was my willingness, uh, my honesty, which my understanding of honesty in their con- context is not me telling you the truth. It's me being able to tell me the truth about right. my own situation. And then open-mindedness, which, you know, that could actually be like, a, like you could have a whole conversation about open-mindedness and morality because a lot of it probably gets all wrapped up together there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just me being able to set aside an idea that I've carried for 30 years and being able to say, hey, maybe this other idea over here has equal or greater value and can I can I put this one down for a minute and just consider it, you know? Um, But those are the things that are required to complete this, this program from that, you know, I think you will find morality of your own making. Exactly. For sure. That's, there's a whole daily plan for living. (laughs) God discipline us in the way that they outline, right? Right. From 84 through 88, God disciplines us in this way. Right. So like when I come to the steps, I'm, uh, you know, like queer, polyamorous, chronic liar, drug addict, like constantly dope sick. I'm a cheater. I I fucking, I steal shit constantly. No one knows who I really am. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like what? Even when you do something good, it's for a. Yeah, exactly. uh, Exactly. Totally selfish. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to come and I'm going to not drink for a little bit and because I've I've racked up that experience now I get to uh, tell other people how to live their life <laughs> <laughs> and not only that but just stacking days somehow the more days you've stacked no matter what you've done during those days just the 
fact that you stacked the days together somehow makes you even more qualified to tell me how to live my life. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, coming into AA, right, um, like, even though, like, I'm a white dude, right, like, you this are. is one thing that cracks me up on page 17 when people read that, because there's always some... What's the word I'm looking for? Some <laughs> ham boiler. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's always some wise guy. There's always some Weisenheimer in the meeting who wants to uh, scoff at we are people who would normally not mix because the assumption is that all of these old straight white men in 1930, you know what I mean? Um, oh, they wouldn't mix. And it's just like, uh, I guess the implication there is that, that all straight white men in 1937 were like homogenous and one exact kind of person. And there was just right. no breadth of experience going on. Um, so which is that's asinine, but, um, so when somebody like scoffs at that, to me, it's really funny because it's like, okay, so I'm a cisgender white dude and I come to AA and my current moral, like even now, like my, my moral um, convictions, my belief system of what I feel to be right and true in my life morally is so far out the purview of like, the people who try to police other people's behavior in AA, that it's ridiculous. And yet every single morning I wake up and I devote my life to the spiritual path outlined in this book throughout the day. I touch base with that program. And at night, every fucking night I do the same thing every day. I'm living my life by exactly what this book talks about. I take a literal as a possible approach to the directions in this book and I do it every fucking day of my life. Right. And my experience has been in doing that is that I do get connected to a truth and I do get connected to a power that enables me to have a, a greater sense of direction, but also of tolerance and of understanding of people's intolerance being directly correlated to mine, you know, like mm -hmm. how I used to feel toward people and all the shit that we talk about on the show. It's like, we're, we're trying to make a funny podcast. You know what I mean? We're not going to come on here and be like, uh, yeah, so I, I love God. And, uh, you know, it's like, everyone is great and no one is, is dumb ever. No one says dumb things. <laughs> That's not what the show is, you know, and I don't think people who listen to the show have a problem with the fact that we say, yeah, uh, meeting maker Marty says some stupid shit sometimes. Isn't that funny? You know, and, and I don't feel like that's immoral. That's called comedy. That's called making jokes about dark situations to lighten the reality that, you know, people fucking die because of that shit. And if we can bring some truth to that, I feel like it's my moral imperative to do that. And so... Where what I take umbrage with in meetings is the scoffers who want to scoff at stuff that has fuck all to do with the directions of the book. So to yeah. me, it's an outside issue for me to tell you that you should not date within the first year. To me, it's an outside issue to tell you that you should not sponsor someone of the opposite sex. What? 
What what level of recovery do you did you do a uh, sane sound sex ideal? Did you do any work around your sex instinct in your fourth and fifth step? Did you do anything? Do you only view people who you might be able to have sex with ostensibly as like just that someone I could have sex with? Are you afraid of the opposite sex? What what is going on with you? You know, that's your shit. That's not my shit. So like you applying your morality from stuff that was passed down in your sponsorship life to somebody else who comes in, all you're doing is confusing the shit out of people. You might as well be telling people just don't drink no matter what, because you're mm. you're diverting focus from the primary purpose, which is to take the right. directions out of the book. I don't give a shit who offers you the directions. If you do them, they will work for you. You'll get your own morality. You'll get your own experience, your own sense of recovery that you can then take to other people. And you don't have to tug along all that other bullshit. And I can mm. also tell you this, and then I'll end my rant, <laughs> that my sponsor, who I love has said disgusting shit to me <laughs> that I thought was fucking horrible. Like, early in sobriety, he sent me like a, like a fucking link to a, what was it? It was like a, one of those like gore sites, you know? It was like a meme made out of like some like, you know, gore picture or something. And I was just like, wow, what, what the fuck is this, <laughs> dude? But... I had such a deep experience with the steps because in the step work, this person never gave me anything but directions from the book and a direct correlation to their life experience, applying them in their life. And that's yep. all with the step work. That's all that was given to me is here's how you can do it. Here's what happened with me. Let's do this together. And then outside of that, there's some questionable things. And I, I think, you know, this is what Carl was talking about. Outside of the step work, outside of the meeting, there's some shit where I'm like, you, are you all right? (laughs) (laughs) And I I love him. I I adore the guy. um, And I don't think that he's not all right. But early in sobriety, I was like, this motherfucker might be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I, I was seeing a substantive change in my life. And I was feeling that new power flowing in. I was feeling change and I was able to take a step back and view objectively the situation. Like Mm -hmm. these directions are working and the messenger, which is definitely applicable to me. The messenger is flawed, right? But the message unadulterated with my own bullshit is perfect. It works every fucking time. Anyone does all of it. It works. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, that was that was really good. My head is. I feel like a bobblehead. You know, <laughs> not snotting the whole time. But it, like things that come up all the time. You're like, well, uh, we're not. We don't cuss in this meeting. Okay. And right. I, <laughs> I can't believe we haven't well, mentioned that yet. <laughs> well, or or you know, you got to suit up and show up. Okay. Yeah. Look, I. I all right. I'm going to try to do those things if they're requested because i i think it's not really very moral to be like oh screw you i'm gonna cuss in the meeting anyway because that's just not right i mean that's not that's not the way i want to live however it's complete bullshit that anybody thinks that that's gonna help anybody stay sober Mm -hmm. uh, or get sober but again that's just that that's just my opinion people feel very differently about those things but but the thing with the is is that it's not our job as AA members to to impose a moral code on someone else. Mm-hmm. Society 
or God or that person's life is going to impose that moral code, right? If you're like, God, screw you guys, I'm cheating on my wife. Well, that some external thing is going to take care of that. <laughs> I don't need to be telling you don't cheat on your wife. Right. It's like, that's not my, like, what do I care? It's, it's, it's not, it's, that's your relationship with your, with your spouse. Right. And, and how you want to live that it's up to you. If you think that that is aligning you with God's will in your life. Okay. I, <laughs> right. I, I disagree, but, and, 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 but it's like, as long as you're not out, you know, like I said, at the beginning, as long as you now, clearly some things are, you know, beyond the pale of that and clearly are immoral and like, you know, uh, severe crimes and things like that. But, but those other things that are really more of a gray area, it's like, well, it might be immoral to me, but it's not immoral to this person. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So we should, I try to stay out of those things. When yeah, I'm not going to an- ask AA. them to sponsor me, but right. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, Hey, uh, Hey Jimmy, you're a dirt bag. Quit it. You know, <laughs> it's like, if I sponsor you, we're going to talk about it, but, uh, right. Yeah. All right. I just want to read this. So page 87, we've talked about it before. Um, so I like to, this is what I thought of immediately with this topic because, again, I love that it took us 35 minutes to mention <laughs> the don't Swear. cuss at our meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the cool thing to me about the page 87 thing, I love that like step 11 is like the most religious sounding shit ever in the steps at least, you know, on the wall. Um, you see it on the wall and you're just like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that step is talking about. You know what I mean? Like as an atheist coming out, I'm like, I know what that means and I'm fuck that. I don't want to do that. Um, but then even when you get to step 11, you know, and keep in mind when we're going through all the book, like it's talking as if you're doing this shit as it's saying it, right? It's like the read it, do a direction, move on. So by the time we get to the 11th step and we're doing this every morning, it's already covered the morning and nightly. It says, if we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers, which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. Um, and the reason I love that is because like in the most religious sounding step, it still says uh, you know, none of this is going to go against whatever religion you may practice. And if you do practice a religion and you have some thing that you need to do with that, some kind of practice, do that, but don't do it instead of this, do it in addition mm-hmm. to this. But then it also says you might be at this point and not be religious. So anybody in a meeting trying to tell you that this is about Jesus can fuck off because they're wrong you're wrong and that also applies to the angry atheist dude who is trying to tell everybody that you're just trying to get me to be a jesus dude and this is all based in christianity and for some reason as i push up my glasses i think that i'm the first person who ever found out about the oxford groups and oh yeah bill wilson did lsd and finger banged his secretary or whatever you know what i mean like, it's like uh, i don't know that we're taking 
moral and philosophical advice from Jimmy the angry atheist, but my whole <laughs> my whole point is that we can follow all of these directions. We can follow them as a daily design for living and still not have a religious affiliation and mm -hmm. still be represented by those directions in the book where it says you can be doing all this and not be religious. And what amazes me about the book never ceases to amaze me is that it's just like that. It's the most open and free spiritual text that you will find. And if you're not able to access it because of anything, it's going to be your own obstinance, your refusal to be open-minded, honest, and willing. That's it. It's nothing that's in the book. Oh, you don't you don't play the the twelve question sound effect no. during the questions. It's always a different length, <laughs> and I have to like I adjust the tempo through it, and it just takes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Twelve questions with our guest. Carl. Uh, question one, start in highbrow. Please rank your top three intoxicants. Uh, are we talking about like spe specific types of alcohol or yeah? I mean, or you, just don't to, you don't need general. to tell me like you know, lemon twisted tea versus raspberry gotcha. twisted tea. Gotcha. What if one of uh, those was twisted tea? <laughs> twisted tea. Like, Zima. <laughs> Zima. <laughs> Mike's Heart Lemonade. Tea. It was like Zima, uh, Mike's Heart Lemonade, and Black Tar Heroin. <laughs> there you go. Uh, a, a, a bourbon was definitely my favorite drink. Yeah. Um, but but really, any hard alcohol. I, I, I drank very... I used to like beer. I drank very little beer towards the end because it was took way too much effort. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, marijuana... And um, and uh, whippets. Yes. Whippets are, <laughs> whippets are very <laughs> under. I I haven't done a. I mean, it, actually, it's been probably twenty years since I did a whippet. But but I used to love them. They were yes. great. I did, yeah. Whole chunks of my life were devoted to whippets. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, do you do whippets like then stick your head as close to the speaker as possible? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Like we're like oh, we're like in a stoner movie right now. Uh, can I just tell you my quick, like super quick whippet story? I had a uh, I had a sponsee, and he was like, um, he was basically addicted to to whippets. And this was in uh, California, and he across the street from, from him was like a head shop or whatever where he could buy the little you know canisters, and he would do whatever hundreds of them mm -hmm. a day and uh and then he would put them in the garbage and then like on thursday morning at like 5 a.m the the trash truck would come and he would just be horrified because there would be this crash like it was like he was like it was the loudest sound in the Dump history of sounds as it like lifted this container and turned it over and they just they just cascaded into the metal dumpster and just like he said, it was like it would echo through the neighborhood, <laughs> and his shame would just be like oh, amplified. That's good. Uh, it was tremendous. It's crazy that you don't hear about whippets too much. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm like, yeah. one, I was. I was in an AA club one time, and this dude comes in, like looking like he was in outer space, and I just used to post up in that club. I would just sit there at the front table and just, you know, wait for new people to come in. And I kind of, you know, went up to him and I was talking to him and I was sitting with him and we were like smoking a cigarette. 
And it turned out like, you know, this dude's like mouth is all burned up and shit. His fingers are all burnt. And he was like, his mom had died and left him like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And he had blown all of it on whippets and on Mm. taxis to get to go buy more whippets and to bring him to the whippet store or what, you know, the head shop and, and back to his house. And he'd been on like a two, three week whippet binge. And he just, and he came into the AA club and it was just like, you could see this guy was in a different universe. It was just, it was crazy. You don't, you don't really hear about that kind of shit anymore. (laughs) I think your sponsor was approaching the stratosphere (laughs) that that guy was in. That's, those things can cause like a serious long-term damage. They really sure. can. I'm sure. Yeah. I've I have no doubt that that's part of why um, I can't truly feel feelings or love anyone today. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's born with it. Maybe it was the whip. <laughs> maybe it's not. <nice. laughs> All right. Uh, question two: uh, How long did it take you to do the steps? Uh, longer than it should have, and that was entirely my uh, my my uh, failing on that. It wasn't my sponsor. My sponsor was saying, "You need, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go." I got I got to like um, uh, so how long? Uh, uh, about a uh, about a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a couple amends I still had to make, like after a year, that um. I was ready to make them, honestly. Uh, I don't think the people, well, in my sponsor's opinion, and uh, they weren't ready to hear them yet, so mm-hmm. I waited intentionally on those. But, um, yeah, about a year. But now, I, I if I were to, uh, like, I try to take sponsees through steps in six months or less. Mm-hmm. Try to, anyway. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, what? Do you remember your first meeting? If so, what was it like? Yeah, I remember it was, uh, sometime, in, I don't remember, it's 1998 sometime, I don't know the exact date, but um, I, I was dating, uh, I, now, my wife, now, we had started dating, and she, she uh, it's a long story, but the short short version is I had heard other people saying uh, I was drinking too much, and so I said, okay, fine, I'll go to an A meeting, and um, I, actually, I, it was fine. The people were super nice. Yeah. Uh, I I don't remember what was said, but um, I, I remember they were nice. And I, I remember seeing God on the wall on the steps. And I'm like, well, I'm not interested in that. But hey, these are nice people. And they gave me coffee and um, we smoked cigarettes in the room. It was all right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, uh, you, I, I've just real quick. Um, my first AA meeting back after a 17 year run, uh, Carl was in that meeting. Now, I don't know that we ever talked about it um, or that you noticed or remembered. Um, you were in that meeting. And it was really small, uh, probably like 11 or 12 people. And I was, I had my book. I was like, th- I had like three days or something. Mm. Um, and I, you know, we all like sat on this like circular table and luckily some other dude, it was like his first meeting ever. And so everybody was like going around, like focused on that guy while I sit there shaking (laughs) and fucking judging everyone in the room. Like, Mm. I remember I went home and my wife was like, well, how, well, how was it? And I was like, I was the only one with a big book. <laughs> I was like, 
with three dicks. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, some fucking guy said that he was willing to go to any lengths, and and his sponsor said, well, are you willing to stand naked on a rooftop in the rain? Because that's what it'll take. And I was like, fuck these people. And I was like, so, so, just like full of. Bullshit. <laughs> like so, <laughs> so, so awesome. just like convinced, I, like you know, that nobody knew what they were talking about. <laughs> so I, I don't remember what I, I don't I don't remember what meeting that was. You have to tell me after we uh, after we finished recording. I don't remember. It was uh, yeah, but I it, it I I I, uh, I remember not having anything any bad thoughts about you and one other person. And that was about it. Oh, yeah, that's good. But I mean, obviously, I'm not. I'm not saying that I was right. But he about didn't any have his that. book. He didn't have his book. Damn it! He didn't have his fucking book. <laughs> I love that. I love that you can come back to AA after a decade and a half and be judging people for not having their book mm-hmm. while you're sure. still actively like in DTS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, was that, was that, um, was that boiled hams on Monday night? Was that the meeting? <laughs> Monday at seven, boiled hams? Um, okay. <laughs> boiled as a ham. <laughs> I, thought, I think you need to, we need to start a meeting just to call it boiled hams. Boiled there's hams. A, there's a boiled owls meeting here. We'll just do boiled yeah, hams. <laughs> uh, okay. So just to, just to piggyback off of that question, uh, Carl, is AA completely fucked? <laughs> Uh, no, but it's, um, some, some meetings are definitely completely fucked Mm -hmm. and, you know, talking about, um, morality questions, I I would argue, we didn't talk about this, but I, I would argue it's, it's immoral, immoral to tell somebody to just don't drink, go to meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're, uh, if they're a real alcoholic, real alcoholic, you're, uh, you're, contributing to killing those people yeah mm-hmm. totally just don't have cancer and get better so i mean uh, <laughs> right exactly do i so, believe I mean, this is a fatal illness or not you know i i mean i have more hope for a now than i did before covid because um seeing right. so many other people around the world literally as yeah. you guys know around the world that are sh- that are sharing the message out of the book um, I, I have more hope for that than I did, but yeah, I mean, some, man, it's, you know, this whole thing about like, you know, this, I saw this last week, somebody showed up in a meeting as they were court ordered there. And, um, you know, and somebody else who's been there a while, I was like, well, you're in the right place. And it's like, you don't know if that person's an alcoholic or not. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't know anything. All they said was they were court ordered to come here. Right. Like, I, I mean, you guys know, I talked to lots of people that are in AA meetings that aren't alcoholics at all. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So if AA was a piece of property, the real estate agent would list it as fucked adjacent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when was the last time you heard someone's fifth step? Uh, what, uh, like ten days ago. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. When did you feel the nearness of your creator? Um. Wow. Like the first time. 
uh, yeah, I guess so. Like the, well, this, uh, well, it's funny. We were laughing about page four seventeen earlier. However, I'll say this: I was like three weeks in the tr- in the treatment the, this last time, and um, in we were in a, a counseling session, and this guy, one of the counselors, brought up. Um, uh, acceptance is the answer and stuff, right? And so I didn't, I'd never heard that before. So he's like, it's on page 417. So I wrote down page 417. Forget about it. Later that night, I get back in bed at rehab and I'd put a bookmark in my book because I was reading, including the stories I'd read every night before I went to sleep in the book. And so I flip open the page and my bookmarks at page 417. And I was like, holy shit like to me like that wasn't a coincidence i didn't just write that off because i had been i had been asking god what i've been asked i don't know i was asking please someone somebody give me a sign i'm on the right path here i've been i've been praying that you know and, and then a few days later it happened i was like holy shit maybe this might actually work and that that um despite the fact of my problems with that page now and except this is the answer that was still real i think about that all the time that that, and i've had many many uh other things since then of course that are probably more significant uh but that was the first time yeah yeah i I think with a lot of stuff like that it's like it's just the uh the first chink in the armor you know it's like a little crack that leads to the whole dam breaking, you know, it's like this massive wall of like self just like crumbling, but it starts with this like little thing where you're like, you know, if you, if you, like, if you told an outside uninvolved person about it, they'd be like, Oh, okay. Carl's lost his mind. (laughs) Carl found significance in something completely asinine. You know what I mean? But it's like to, to you in that situation, it's like, Oh, I see significance in this. And then it sucks me in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tons of shit like that. Um, so, Bill or Bob? Uh, Bill for sure. I I can really identify with Bill. His uh his uh inflated ego and self importance, and um, you know, and then his his uh, problems with organized religion and things. I I could identify with with Bill so much. Yeah. That was one thing we didn't even mention. And this is that the only time it mentions Jesus in the whole book is when Bill like dunks on Christians. <laughs> Page thirteen. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I love that line though. It's so uh, to Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. <laughs> He's just like yeah, and one. <laughs> that was a serious burn. <laughs> So yeah, Bill, uh, Bill's story is so great because you know he's—you could tell he's trying to be humble, right? right? And it, it is, and it, it, it's like, it, but yet he still talks about how great their apartment was and like all the money Sumptuous. he was making. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I, the only reason I'm dogging on him is because I, I would do this. I, I was the same way. And I can still be the same way, honestly. Well, it's funny because usually when you hear people talk the way that he talks about his life while drinking, like, or the accessories in his life while drinking, usually when you hear people do that, it's like Tyler, who has 35 days and is has come to the meeting on the druggy buggy and has a head full of Suboxone, and he's like... Yeah, man, you know, I had an Escalade and like, you know, (laughs) I had two houses, I had the wife, I had it all, man. 
it's, it's, a, it's a harder pill to swallow from the from worst 35 the wor- Tyler. The worst is when it's like it's like when it's guy who was in AA before and he yeah. quantifies his success in AA as yeah, like, yeah. man, I was in AA and I had it all. I had the hot wife, <laughs> I had the lifted truck, <laughs> I had the union job. <laughs> I had $135,000 in credit card debt. I had (laughs) jet skis. I had a serious steroid addiction. (laughs) I had a pyramid scheme where I hired a bunch of drunks to run my business for me. Hmm. So I was a roofing salesman. You might have to get that part out. As my wife says, you know, I always just take it one step too far. Yeah, you know? for, yeah. <laughs> I think I've done that about six times this time. <laughs> uh, don't worry. None of them listen to the podcast. Um, okay. Uh, what's more dangerous to AA? The shame and guilt crowd or the acceptance and gratitude crowd? Oh, man. Uh, the, the acceptance and gratitude crowd. Uh, the, ding, 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 ding. The, yeah, that yeah, one the, has the right answer. Yeah, the the, sh- the shame and guilt crowd. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not going to speak for everybody. Uh, clearly, I'm, I'll speak from my own experience. Like, the shame and guilt is what was a big motivator for me to work the steps. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was I had so much pain, and I say that all the time. It was only pain that got me to surrender to try this again, even though I didn't think it was going to work. Um, and uh, so it was, it was the pain from the shame and the guilt, um, that, that really convinced me to, to be open-minded. Yeah. Right. And I, it, God, last week there was a meeting and the guy, and no, you know, it's that it is open discussion meetings, which I try to avoid, but anyway, it, the, the topic was gratitude and I'm like, God, it's just, is it Thanksgiving already? <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's not November yet. <laughs> and so I just completely ignore, I, I said like one sentence about gratitude and then I talked about the solution because <laughs> I was like, I'm like, you know what? There's probably somebody here that has not heard this or whatever. If right. there is, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and talk about how great my life is today. It's like, who gives a shit? You know? Yeah. I think that's, Whenever I find myself in the dark recesses of an open discussion meeting, that's that's how it always goes. I'm just like, hey, great topic. Um, justified resentment. Fantastic topic. Thank you for that. Um, you know? And then it's just like, so here's what the 12 steps offer. You know? Just like, what, what are you going to do? Cut me off for talking about AA? Um, yeah, right. Right. Okay. Uh, so... If there's one thought you could leave our weekly 7.5 million listeners with, what what would it be? No, we have we have maybe maybe five people listening to this thing at this point. So, um, yeah, no. If there's uh, one idea, three about of them, AA, three of them are on the podcast right yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> My wife, your wife. <laughs> Hey, she Car- even Carl, see if, your, see if your wife will listen. She'll listen to this H- one. H- Agent X will listen. She'll right. listen. So yeah. if there's one thing about AA that you would like people listening to know, what would that be? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. Um, that uh, 
the, the steps as written in the book will work even if you don't think that they will work <laughs> if you have a truly open mind hell yeah so I, I it's not I, I I was convinced they would not work right and but I did have an open mind I mean you can't like those things you got to have the both you can't think it's not gonna work and have a closed mind but if you mm-hmm. and um, and it, and then I started to see like you talk about nearness to my creator I don't remember exactly when it was but another time that was more maybe more significant I was like maybe eight months sober I'm not really sure something like that and I I got home from work and it was like, I don't know, five o'clock, something like that. And I'm like, holy shit, I haven't thought about drinking today. And that was like the first day in decades that I had not thought about drinking. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Nice. Hell yeah. Uh, How did your sponsor approach you? Uh, I didn't. I approached him. Um, it was a, a small meeting that I was going to when I was still drinking. Uh, I, I, I wasn't, uh, anyway, I, I was still drinking. I, I, I knew that drinking, I was at the jumping off point, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine life with alcohol or without alcohol, but, um, at a guy who's, uh, he's, he's awesome, considerably younger than me. Um, but I just loved what he had to say. And, um, he's still my sponsor today. He's great. Yeah. Nice. All right, bonus question. How do you define 13th stepping? Uh <laughs> Wait, wait. Did I skip a question? <laughs> you did I was like, "Wait, did my count off?" No, no, we've only done 10. <laughs> 10 questions with Carl. We got places to be. So, we got to wrap this up. Sorry. Do you want to just wrap it up or do you want to do the two more? Do you have another question in yeah, the holster? A billion questions, yeah. All right run it what's your favorite sparkling water Ooh, uh san pellegrino Ooh, very nice a bold choice for the gentleman I, I like it it's good stuff what was that one you mentioned a few podcasts back i don't think i've ever had it from mexico topo chico yeah i've never had that we're out to check that one out oh you can get That's it good. there yeah topo chico's the bomb yeah, for sure yeah yeah uh Okay, uh, sticking with uh, John's food theme, have you actually had any Mexican food in Ohio that tasted good? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Los Gauchos is delicious. Maybe we can get them to sponsor this episode. Uh <laughs> Tula Takira, also excellent. And uh, on Friday, I went with uh, one of my friends to Canados. It was great. So, yeah. Tula is the one that's over, like, at Westerville. Oh, it's like Polaris, right? Yeah, near Polaris. It's great. They've got great salsa. Yes. Yeah, their salsa bar is good. And their, um, just like their selection of meats. Yeah. Yeah. Simple street tacos at that place, in my opinion. Yeah, they're great. And they have have breakfast tacos there that are legit. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> Bonus question for real this time. Uh, yeah. How would you define 13th stepping? Uh, well, it's taking advantage of a newcomer, like not really trying to offer help, having an ulterior motive, which uh, I'm sure, you know, most references is sexual, of course, but I, I think it could be used for other things too. I think, um, you know, uh, people, I don't know. I, I see some people that, get 
a kick out of telling everybody how many people they sponsor. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that can be a form of 13 stepping. Mm -hmm. I can see that. What about like uh, new vulnerable people come to the fellowship and you con them into being uh, con men for your roofing company? <laughs> Knew. I knew you were like two words into the sentence. I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. This has been great, dude. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Man. Of like course. I, it's like awesome. I said, you were my first and only choice for this one. Still not sure why, but I think the proof is in the pudding went awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks guys. It's great. Um, it's been awesome to meet you over the last few years. Hell yeah, dude. Um, awesome. We will... Uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. This has been a podcast greater than yourself. A podcast greater than yourself was created by Recovered Alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.